Welcome to Bickering Peaks and part two of our special discussion on fanfiction. Um, yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about in terms of uh, fanfiction or or fan works in general with with regards to Twin Peaks? I mean, we could go over the age thing again. Oh, yes. Wanna, I mean, no, like, I think we that's... don't have to if you don't want to. But... No, but that is that is the main criticism that people had of... Uh, thank you for bringing that up, too, because it is an interesting one that... that um, so we don't know how old Agent Cooper is. I think there's, there's some discrepancy with regard to his age. Uh, he's listed at one point as being um, potentially around 35 or 36 at the start of the series. And then there are other mentions where it, it was kind of intended that he would be the same age as Kyle McLaughlin was. And he was 30, 31 ish when the series was filmed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, so like, let's say between like early thirties to mid thirties and then Audrey being 18, obviously, uh, quite a bit younger than him. But, um, the main criticism is that the age gap is too big. Right. And, um, you and I have talked about this before that that doesn't really seem to hold water. Really. Yeah. For me, it just, I don't know. Like I watched them together and you know, it, I think you, I mean, you've brought this up there. There isn't, uh, like the age difference, it, it does present some sort of like, power difference maybe but like they don't have anything going on like student teacher or anything like that right that that would make things extra creepy (laughs) yeah um and they just since they seem so similar to me like like they seem like kindred spirits and 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 you know, like, we know Agent Cooper. We know he's not a bad person. Right. Like, this is, like, see, that, this is the thing. It, this is the thing. It's it's fiction. So we know the characters. And we, because, yeah. we, like, part of the thing about, um, I'd say, like, these sort of relationships in real life is, like, the, the, the problem is there's so much potential for, for the younger person to get hurt. Because we don't, yeah. you don't know... Well, I what the, the intention of the older party, the more right. responsible, quote unquote, responsible party, right? Mm-hmm. What their intentions are. But but we know that with Cooper, right? Like we know that yeah. his intentions would be honorable, I think. Yes, yes, exactly. So um, I think for me that, that definitely makes a difference. Um, yeah. And it just doesn't. To me, I don't know. It's like I just I never had a problem with that age difference, and it it never seemed like, with the exception of maybe one the one scene you mentioned where uh, he asks her age. Just it, it never really seemed weird to me. Yeah. I mean, the only and the only reason that scene seems the only reason that scene <laughs> seemed weird was because I felt like he sh- like should have been more concerned. Right, concerned like he. He's just sort of like, hey, how old are you? And it's yeah, like, yeah. he, he does, he do, yeah, I don't know. He, he doesn't seem to care, really. Yeah. Um, which seems odd, odd to me. Uh, but 
Well, yeah, and and, and the fact that I mean, le- from a legal standpoint, the the age of consent in the state of Washington is sixteen, so she's above the age of consent. So any concern he has is not a legal one. So when people uh, in the real world bring up, well, she's too young for him, it's it's not um, necessarily from a legal standpoint. I don't buy that. Potentially from like. If he's 12 years older than her, it's not so bad. If he's if he's double her age, if he's 36 or something, like it it brings up some I have I I would have some concerns with that, but it doesn't it's not enough for me to stop it because I feel like you said they're they're so similar and they're so childlike and innocent together that yes. I feel like it's it's like it's they're they're closer in spirit and that makes the age difference negligible in my opinion i don't know yeah that, that that's something i forgot to mention uh, i really feel like he is I, I mean i guess you just said it so i i, I don't need to repeat it but yes i agree yeah yeah <laughs> that, so that just sort of collapsed that was like, <laughs> no but we agree with each other that's the important part <laughs> Um, yeah. I think that's the main the main crux for me is that there's just not enough of um, of a reason for them not to be together. Like, you know, and yeah, like, okay, well, I'll wait until you graduate from school and then we can be together or something. Like, maybe that, maybe it's because she's still in high school. But then, you know, it, it, he, he does fall right into bed with Annie and she's maybe 20. Right, so it's not like the the age is really the, that big of a of a concern for him at that point. So, it it just doesn't seem like. Yeah, yeah. I I just I just don't I don't buy it. And maybe it's because you know, like I've always liked older men myself. Like I have no problem. Um, I I could see myself if I wasn't already married. I I, I could see myself. You know dating an older man and, and having a, a relationship with an older man so and maybe that goes back to the heart of you know I see a little bit of myself in Audrey so it it maybe that's why it doesn't bother me so much and it might bother other people because they don't have that connection I don't know but yeah because uh, yeah, I I also like I've always sort of had a thing for older guys right. I mean I don't know if it's as intense as it was when I was in high school I can't <laughs> I can't really tell because, well, the, the thing is, I myself am getting older, so sure. it's like it's starting to be less of like, oh, older person and more like, oh, just another adult. Yeah, like someone who's yeah. okay, still older than me, but not that much older than me. Well, so. yeah, I mean, that that's the fun thing is that, you know, when, when I was 18, you know, a 30 year old was older, but it didn't feel like. You know, and it and it does seem to get like a twelve year age gap from like I'm thirty one years old right now. Someone who's forty three is not that much farther from me than mm-hmm. when I was eighteen, and that person was, you know, thirty, right? Mm-hmm. So it it maybe maybe that's part of the 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 issue that other people have is that they take a much more black and white approach to that that sense. But yeah, yeah, and I I can't really bring myself to do that <laughs> that that super black and white yeah no i think it it depends on the situation and context is so important right yeah definitely and um i mean what you said about like when when you were 18 liking you you said you liked like 30 year olds or sure yeah yeah i mean i don't know if you liked that sort of age group exclusively but like with me my my thing about older guys 
at the time was like also they had this youthfulness about them. Sure. Yeah. And there, lo and behold, like Audrey and Cooper, he he has a youthfulness about him. I think. Yeah. So, I think that maybe is part of the reason why it's easier for me as well. I don't yeah. know. Uh, no, I think absolutely because it's like they come from the same place. They're cut from the same cloth. They're 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 two people who could go on a journey together and and grow together and come out on the other end as in a stronger place and and as a, a stronger unit and i think that that's um that's intentional in the show it's brought up very early on and hinted at throughout the the remainder of their relationship that they are very similar people curious and inquisitive and dreamlike so you know i don't i don't want to say that they're naive or anything but but it's not it's not the same as Ben Horn having sexual relationship with uh, Laura Palmer, where there's very obviously a, a power dynamic, and he's like that's the thing. It's the power dynamic that is so uncomfortable with that age difference, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. Definitely. Whereas I don't feel that with Audrey and Cooper, or yeah, so. Mm-hmm. It's just so innocent. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I I mentioned this last time we were talking about it, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'm gonna bring it up again because Do it. it's super important to me. <laughs> and it's sort of going back to um, what you were talking about with people's like super black and white yeah views on this thing. It's like for me, it, it's like. Uh, since I was into older guys and since I was like being young like you get sick of being told how young you are and stuff and like so so it made me start thinking about you know you know when when is a woman allowed to make her own choices like when is she considered responsible enough yes that is a very Uh, good point yeah, because it's like, how should I put this? It, it just feels sort of like women are babied, maybe? like Yeah. Well, our virtue is, is protected, right? Like that just in general in our society, right? It's like the virgin is the the dichotomy of the virgin and the whore, right? Like you, you want to keep the women you know childlike and innocent and pure and and part of that is related to their their age right like you you want to keep them as innocent and childlike so audrey in this sense is is um she's being protected from Mm -hmm. from that falling into that the other side of the so she's virginal she's pure she that's why it's so important that she lets cooper know that no but nothing happened at at one eye jacks because that's important for her to let him know that she still has that purity and everything but it's problematic too because it's like you're right she she can decide if she wants to have a sexual relationship with someone she's over the age of consent but that choice is removed from her. She's not given that choice. Agent Cooper shuts it down very quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, also like, 
not only is she over the age of consent, but she's also a legal adult. Well, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, like, and I know it's, like, an arbitrary sort of thing, but, like, come on. (laughs) Um, It it really frustrates me. Yeah, no. And, as you said, like, choice is taken away. I don't... It... Uh... I'm not very articulate. So. No, but I feel I feel the same the same as you that it's 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 a troubling trend in and and it it comes up all over the place, right? But you know, mm-hmm. um, Audrey's role is to be this. She plays the damsel in distress in this mm-hmm. um, in the series, and she she has to remain virginal. She's very insistent on that and I think that that just plays into that whole thing that she's young and she's innocent and she's a child and that's that's where her value lies almost Mm, yeah that's interesting I I agree and I mean okay like I do I do sort of understand this uh this sort of attitude because it's like yes like (sighs) young women like they, they are young yes <laughs> that's right there and like yes young women they are young <laughs> and people who are young do not always make the best choices of course so it's like I, I do understand that but also it's like okay I totally forgot what you were just <laughs> I just completely lost track well no things. like like um I I think what you were saying at the beginning is like your question of when a when is a woman old enough to make her own decisions in life it's mm-hmm. like you know I'm, I'm not necessarily sure that we should be putting an age on that I, I think it 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 has to be um like obviously okay yes obviously if you're a 13 year old girl or a 14 year old girl you should not be like there's legal issues right but if you remove all that and you say here's a 17 or an 18 year old girl who's or a woman, an 18-year-old woman who's a legal adult now, like, she's capable of voting, she's capable of driving a car, she's capable, but she's not capable of making a choice about her sexual future. Like, that, to me, seems like it's, that's where the problem lies, right? Mm -hmm. So, it's not necessarily about age, I think, it's, it's, or it shouldn't be, it's like, I don't know, I it sort of depends on the person, I guess, and, um... And the situation and the context, right? Like... Yeah, right, right. There we go. Back to the whole, like, you can't just make this a black and white thing. Yeah, exactly. With Audrey, like, as you said, everyone wants to make her about, like, her innocence and stuff like that. Right. Or, like, that's her value. Hopefully I'm representing what you said somewhat, actually. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But I I feel like, um... She does have a maturity that, or she, or she could have had developed her more. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but no, you're right. But you're absolutely right. Like I, I feel like she does have the potential for a lot of growth, and and I think that that if they had done it right, if they'd done it properly, by the end of the series, she could have been mature enough to enter into a relationship with someone of Agent Cooper's stature, and there would have been no problem. right like maybe not right at the beginning when she's this you know childlike mischievous you know i'm gonna ruin my dad's deal with the norwegians because i'm just gonna be a brat like that audrey is maybe not mature enough to enter into a relationship but by the end if they had carried her through the way that i think they were going to we would have got there 
Yes. Okay. Exactly. That that is what I should have been saying. And because <laughs> like I I'm I I really would have been fine with them like putting it off. Oh, for like, sure. It's, you know, if they had like gone for that character development. Yeah. Because. And you did that in your story, and it was really awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I, it's just, it could have been so refreshing. It could have been, and, and I, I, I forgot where I was going with this again. Sorry, I <laughs> no. just, this happens to me all the time. It it's, really does. It's really okay. No, I think, I think we covered it pretty well. Like, this is, and, and you said it beautifully so many times that there was just so much wasted potential and that's the um that's the crux of it that I feel anyway and you feel the same way I think that this was where the major failing of both Audrey and and Audrey's personal storyline but Audrey's storyline wrapped up with Cooper's like their relationship where Mm -hmm. they both faltered was just in they didn't they didn't have the guts to go for it and that is is the real shame yeah, and I um, I kind of feel like the show, like, to, okay, one thing I will say is that I actually really, I don't mind that they solved the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer. Oh, I, interesting, I, I, okay. Yeah, like, I, um, I'm totally fine with them revealing the killer. Because yeah. um, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't like ambiguity, I will be honest. Okay, I, uh, yeah. I like having a definite answer, so yeah. I, I, I really didn't mind that they did that. Yeah. And I... I feel like the show, like, if they had gone for that Audrey Cooper thing afterward, it would have, yeah. maybe, maybe it would have helped the show. I don't know. It, I don't know. Potentially. Well, I think, I think the point of season two was lost in, in the sense that they didn't have a single strong enough, um, underpinning plot line that could sustain the rest of the season the, the same way that Laura Palmer's murder um, and that investigation underpinned season one and half of season two. Um, there was potential there with Wyndham Earl, and they could have done better with that. So I think that would have made season two better. I think you're absolutely right that having a stronger um, uh, central relationship between Audrey and Cooper would have also helped that. Either one of those or both of them in conjunction absolutely would have been uh, a stronger season two for sure. Yeah, I mean, and even if it didn't actually help, and if maybe, like, if everyone still didn't care about the show after that murder was solved, yeah. um, I would have liked it a lot more. Oh, yeah. I would have been super happy with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm but, very uh, selfish. No, that's... <laughs> there we go. But see, this is this is what I love about... about um, uh, fan fiction and and other types of fan works like the fan videos that exist out there and um, the remixes and the the artwork and everything is that um, it it is a selfish pursuit because here we are we're we're taking other people's works we're taking other people's characters and we're creating this new story that serves our purposes and in a very selfish way like I often think that I write the stories that I want to read that maybe don't exist yet and that it's so selfish like it's not it's not um it's not just telling a story for the sake of telling the story it's telling the story because I need it desperately to be out yeah. there right and, and and it's wonderful when that matches up with what other people want to read and then you get this this lovely interplay where you know 
you can have fans of your work that read your shit and are like, this is great. And that feels really good. But, but it's definitely not the main reason why I do this. And, and, uh, and it, but it is a very selfish thing. And, and maybe you can speak to that a little bit as a reader of fanfic that, um, that seeking it out is also a very, uh, like a selfish or not selfish, but like, you're trying to fulfill. Yeah. Like, um, these, these what, what do you want <laughs> well I, okay we can use the word selfish but it, i feel like it has too much negative con uh connotation but yeah, it's self-centered um, self-serving right like it's 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 purely for your own enjoyment it's not which i guess is the way we consume any media right but mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's um you got this unfulfilled desire and you just really like for me at least it's like i really need to find story that does this thing yeah that didn't happen in the show Mm -hmm. like it's um i was gonna say hunger but then like i feel like i'm starting to sound creepy or something (laughs) (laughs) but no it it is it is almost like it's a it's a basic drive right like we want Mm -hmm. these stories to have um meaning and to be internally coherent and and that's that's what drives us towards finding when when those things don't happen we we gravitate to the places where we'll find that and that's why i'm i'm like you i'm surprised that there isn't as much or that there isn't more um twin peaks fan fiction out there just because i would expect that more people would be upset about this but um it that's why i'm here to try and write more and i think you know uh, i i'm hoping more people will will come into it as well to do that as to do that for the fandom right but yeah i i hope so as well and the thing is like seeing how little fan fiction there right. is out there yeah i've wanted to write it myself i mean like what you said like i want this it isn't here so i'm gonna write it yes um i have felt the same way it's just that i'm extremely lazy so <laughs> so and and then also actually um like i i I've always known what I've wanted to write, but the problem is, is like I just have no clue how to go about it. Huh, so yeah, so I just I'm stuck at the very beginning. Like, right. Like I I just have no clue how it would go with like Cooper being possessed and all that stuff. Yeah, it does it does pose a lot of problems for for I mean any fan fiction writer, but especially one who's coming in like if that's your first crack at it i don't know why my first crack at writing twin peaks fanfic ended up being this like ginormous like two hundred thousand word you know and and a lot of it taking place after cooper <laughs> has been possessed and like why did i do that to myself i have no idea but it just happened and and it is it is daunting right and i'm not i'm not like i've been writing since i was old enough to hold a pen so i'm not like brand new to the to the field right but it is still a challenge and so i i i feel your pain acutely that you're you know i sit down in front of my computer with you know 25 years or or 27 years of experience writing stories and I'm like what the hell do I write so if you if you're coming to it and you've never written a fic before it's yeah a very kind of terrifying con um concept or or yeah so yeah writing writing is not easy and like I, I have these ideas and I'm like, can someone just write this for you've, me? Yes, please? and you've told me those ideas, which I think are really great and, and uh 
and I think that there's a lot of potential there and I would very much love to see them being written so (laughs) hint hint (laughs) but uh but yeah it's it's not easy it's definitely not easy so yeah and um I mean going back to your thing that that's definitely like I was like can someone just write this please and then you were writing it and I was like oh thank you okay Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a nice bit of serendipity, I think. A lot of people have said that, that this was kind of the the story that they wanted to see. And that, that is, it's nice when that happens, when, when there's that crossover between what the what the writer um, wants to, to see and what the audience wants to see. And when there's crossover like that, it's, it's rare and it's special and definitely... Um, yeah, it's 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 nice to hear that. So yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say something, and I'm trying to remember what it was. It was something okay, something about fanfiction and you writing what I wanted, and ah, crap. <laughs> I just I lost it. <laughs> no, it was it was. Oh God, what was it? This is gonna bother me. Shit. Oh. Yeah, uh, this happens to me a lot, like a lot. Well, it is it is. Uh, Oh, it's 10 o'clock for you, I guess? 10 yes, o'clock at it, night? Oh, yeah. no, I forgot. It's really late for you, isn't it? No, it's only 11. It's fine. Well, for me, that's late. Oh. I'm like a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm not usually in bed at this time anyway, but uh, this well. is much more fun than sleeping, I think. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> I don't get to talk about fan fiction a lot because I think it's still kind of one of those... Uh, um, I mean, I know what it is. You know what it is. I don't know how many other people out there know what it is. I think people have a, a general idea of what it is, but you don't get to have these in-depth conversations about it, which yeah. is kind of unfortunate because I think it's a big, important part of certainly, um, I think it's it's a nice way of engaging with with kind of a static medium that, that exists purely in previous forms. It's like, well, you just sit there and you passively absorb what you're seeing on screen, but then fan fiction and other fan uh, works give you a chance to engage with it on a different level, which is is nice because then it leads to these kinds of situations where we can, you know, do a whole podcast where we analyze an episode or where we talk about, you know, the the tangential relationships between, you know, these fan works and the 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 story that we're seeing on screen. So mm-hmm. I wish there was more of these conversations happening. But yes. uh, yeah. definitely, like it, it's frustrating for me because, like, I am so into fan fiction, and yeah. uh, no one I know is into fan fiction. Yeah, really. and it, it's um, almost like I don't know if if this is something that you experience too, but um, it's it's almost got like a, a a bad name or something. Like, it's, oh yeah, it's like very it's low low on the totem pole in terms of of creative works. Yeah, and um, I mean, I've actually I've had to fight like this shame um, about yeah. it for like years. Yes. Like, like I was I was intensely ashamed of it. Yeah, and I don't even know where that came from. I think it was just the fact that I was reading romance. Like, yes, I remember when I first started reading fan fiction, like I was as secretive about it as possible. Oh, and, for sure. And I, I'm I actually still sort of am in a way. Like I've I, I've made a very conscious. Uh, effort to not be as secretive about it and yeah. not be so ashamed of it. Um, but like, I still have some residual shame. I think. And, yeah. Like, 
I mean, I will say, okay, my sister, she is actually into fan fiction. Okay. But we read, like, completely different stuff. Yeah. So it's, like, it's frustrating. It's, like, I find it, like, there's another person, but we're not even into the same stuff. Yes. So I can't really talk to her about uh, it anyway. Yeah. So close, but so yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, she's just reading all this Teen Wolf stuff. And I'm, like, oh, but I don't care about Teen Wolf. Yeah. And then, <laughs> But we, we sort of will we'll sort of like talk about what we're into anyway, sure. even though we know we don't actually <laughs> neither of us care about the That's other really funny. Fandom. Yeah, so she'll go on about these stories and I'll be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, now I'll just talk about this thing you don't care about. Yeah. Whatever, it works out. Yeah. Um, I think I'm sort of going on a tangent again here, but uh yeah, it I, I okay so I was talking about shame and I was like, yes yeah I'm still I'm still fighting it and um because okay yes what I will say is like I I feel like people aren't very fair towards fan fiction because like mm-hmm. really when you're thinking about it it's like it's a bunch like a ton it's the internet so there are like a ton of people yeah and it's free like they're doing this for free yeah and it's like like of course you're gonna like encounter a lot of crap like a lot of yes. people are doing it that's just but the then, law of averages say that some of it is going to be terrible right like that just happens yeah um but i feel like there's still like there's good stuff out there there's really good stuff out there mm. like there's stuff that i think i like just as much if not more than the canon well and <laughs> and i i mean i I think some of the best stuff I've ever read has been fan fiction. And I'm yeah. I'm quite an avid reader, not as much as other people in my family, even like Aiden reads way more than me, but even he has said the same thing, that there's some amazing fan fiction out there that is done, like you said, purely for, there, there's no profit involved. We don't make any money from this. We're doing it out of, out of a, a desire to write. It's not for any monetary gain. And... And so that in itself is pretty amazing that there's so much of it out there and so much, so much of it is really quite good. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and then to go back to the whole shame thing, because I think that's, it, there's so many fan fiction authors out there and I think the vast majority of them are women and, and romance being one of the largest sub or, uh, genres that are that are written about i think that automatically means that it's derided in because it's not important right it's like um i know you're a fan of like uh early victorian novels jane austen and and the bronte sisters and everything like when novels first came out they were written by women and they were read by women and they were really like a low form of art right and and now i mean obviously we hold them up as these paragons like people Jane Austen's on the banknote in in the UK now like it's it's a big deal right but Mm. and novels are but but they've been taken over by men right like the great American novel is something that you know Charles Bukowski is gonna write it's not it's not something that that women typically have taken over Mm. and but women write a lot of fan fiction and I think the vast majority of of fanfics are written by women and the vast majority, I think, of readers of fan fiction are women. So I think there's the shame aspect of it is related to that gendering of... So it comes back to all kinds of feminist and, and sexist attitudes towards the type of literature that you write or read, which is really sad because it's not necessarily... Like I, I, like I said, 
a lot of this is the best stuff I've ever I've ever read. So it's not fair to just dismiss an entire, you know, form of, of art. And I do think it is art, right? To yeah. dismiss it entirely just because it's romance or just because it's slash or just because women are doing it. But I think mm-hmm. that's that's the under the subtext of what I'm getting from a lot of these conversations is that it's it's just silly, you know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Right. I mean, I agree with your assessment completely. I really feel like there is like a, a gendered sort of thing going on. Mm-hmm. I, I've always associated fan fiction with women. Like I, I, when I read something, I just assume that the, the author is a female. Yeah. Um, is a woman. I'll say woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, is a woman. Yeah. And, um, I, what was I going to say? Um, Oh yeah, you know what gets me is like I mean I I started reading fan fiction at a very young age. Right. I mean not like super super young. I was like twelve or thirteen or whatever. Right. But I feel like like it, it's really weird that I even though I was so young, I I still knew enough to feel so deeply ashamed. Yeah. Like because the thing is I can't think of any specific incident that would make me feel that way like it's not like I liked romance at some point and then someone made fun of me for it right nothing like that happened it was just like this automatic reaction that's really interesting because I think I feel the same I was about the same age and I will freely admit it was Backstreet Boys fan fiction that I was reading and writing at 12 years old and it was an automatic like this is something we were hiding from our teachers. We were hiding from our parents. We were hiding in our lockers in notebooks. Like we were passing them back and forth in the hallways. And it was, you know, it was not something that was considered okay. But I have no recollection of anybody telling me that it was bad or telling me that it was something to be ashamed of. I just kind of always assumed it was. I didn't even know it was called fan fiction at that point, right? Like, mm-hmm. so where does that come from? That is really interesting too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, uh, I think it goes to show just how uh, easy it is for these notions to, um, uh, I guess. Well, they uh, creep in, they, 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 they creep into what we're, and, and then they inform how we approach the rest of it, right? Like it's, but they, it doesn't come from anywhere. It just kind of exists. It's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, and I, I feel so bad, though, for that, like, because I, I I ended up sort of taking that shame out on my sister, because she oh. was, she was much less apologetic about reading fan fiction than right. I was. She did not hide it, really, at all. Yeah. And so I would make fun of her for it, oh. even though I myself read fan fiction, but I would act like I didn't, and yes. I was like, ah, you're so stupid, reading fan fiction, oh my god. Wow. Um, yeah, and I feel really bad for uh, for doing that now. That's really that's really interesting. It's almost like a self hatred that you took out on on yeah. your sister. It, it kind of was, and I I actually like I tried to stop reading fan fiction. Now it mm-hmm. sounds like an addiction or something. Right. <laughs> but I actually <laughs> tried to to stop reading it. Um, like when the last uh, Harry Potter book came out, I was like, okay, that's it done yeah. no more fan fiction and then hmm. of course no that did not last yeah <laughs> i actually but i made it like two years or something it's really impressive <laughs> uh, uh, 
I'm impressed by myself because like I'm like how did I do that and then I there were all these like times in college though like I I tried to like I would be like oh yeah I think I'm like starting to get over fan fiction mm-hmm. like yeah no and it's like mm, no yeah <laughs> it's I yeah so it, it was it, always been- the draw that that I I went for um because I started writing fan fiction actively on fanfiction.net in about 2002 and then um left in 2003 after things happened on fanfiction.net that um, I just wasn't interested anymore and then I started college and or university and went for about four years where I didn't write but I was too busy I just didn't have time to write anything or read anything and then picked it up again in about 2008 and I never really put it back down so it's been about eight years that I've been pretty actively involved writing for a lot of different fandoms but um but even when I wasn't writing it or, or being actively part of it, I still would, when I watched a TV show or read a book or a movie or something, I would automatically think about what I would write if I were going to write a story about this. And I would be, like, I'd be shipping characters and I'd be thinking up storylines that I would want to explore and stuff. So it's it's almost like it was... It was like a natural thing that I just kept gravitating towards, even when I wasn't part of it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think I, I naturally gravitated toward it as towards it as well, cause, but for much less, uh, uh, I don't know, I want to say much less noble reasons. It was mostly, uh, <laughs> hey, they got rid of that actor who was super hot. Why did they do that? I'm dissatisfied, <laughs> so now I'm going to, like, look up fan fiction so I can, like, imagine that actor instead of the one that they actually That's touched. funny. That's yeah, really no, funny. I mean, okay, it wasn't, like, always that. But, okay, 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 no. That That, that is actually what got me back <laughs> to reading fan fiction. I'll just admit that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny I love it I love it that's really cool yeah but it also I think it did end up leading to sort of like um gosh I can't think of a better way of putting it so I'll just say it I think it sort of led to something deeper you know Mm. um I, I think, yeah, my, my appreciation for fan fiction has it it has really grown over Mm -hmm. time and like for me it's now it is definitely not just like oh my god what what why did they replace that actor with someone who's less hot or whatever right and i'm totally thinking about the harry potter movies right yeah now. <laughs> they were they replaced tom riddle okay now i'm revealing some deeply shameful stuff uh, no but, uh, yeah this is like I, I ship some really weird things really weird things anyway uh moving on um yeah so nowadays like <laughs> when i read stuff like i don't like I I like for there to be an actual story I mean not like I've never liked that or something like I've always liked that but like I really really appreciate that now and the stuff I read like for actual stories and they're just so good they're so good yeah there is something very satisfying when you find a really good piece of fan fiction and I think it's because it's we tend to be like we're visual creatures and and we have these highly developed eyes that we take in the visual imagery that we watch on on our tv screens so we have actors that we like and we have um beautiful sets and and 
framed shots that we enjoy and then when somebody else takes that and writes a story that matches with the image that we have in our head it just makes it so much more visceral and we're able to connect with it on a deeper level than just any old novel that you pick up off not that you can't have that but there's just a Mm -hmm. a, a, a deeper or a more strong connection um, because we have the images in our heads so I think that's part of it um but uh yeah it's it's and i think there's also an element to kind of go back to this whole like that women are the most or write the most of it um i don't have the actual stats in front of me on that but i'm mm-hmm. i'm fairly certain that there's way more women writing it and and it's certainly the stereotype that it's a lot of teenage girls who write this stuff i'm not sure how true that is either but um what yeah. do you yeah do you know like is there I don't know, but I feel like there aren't nearly as many teenagers as yeah. um, as people seem to think there are. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the stereotype of how Tumblr is only, you know, 16-year-old girls, but it's it's definitely not. I think it's way more diverse than that. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly just in the last, you know, three or four months that I've been fairly active within the Twin Peaks fandom again, um, I've met people like your age, your a few years younger than me seven years younger than me or so hey um, uh, six six years six. yeah well i'll be 26 in two months okay so is that yeah. five five, five years six. five years yeah that works five, uh, yeah. <laughs> five and a half <laughs> and I've, I've met people who are in their 40s and and older so i mean it it kind mm-hmm. of runs the the spectrum right and mm-hmm. um and uh but i think one thing that i've that i've heard and that I've read about is that there's a sense that, and, and it plays into the, the idea that romance tends to be the, the largest genre depicted, um, is that there it's a safe place for girls and women to express their sexuality and to explore different aspects of their sexuality as well that, um, that they wouldn't maybe be able to do in real life, right? So... And I'm not talking about, you know, a, a woman who maybe is bisexual and, and wants to look at that, but maybe maybe they're dealing with trauma in their life, or maybe they're 13 and they don't know how to approach a boy, so they're going to write about One Direction, and they're going to have <laughs> that be the way that they play that fantasy out in their head. And, and it is a lot of wish fulfillment and fantasy development and everything, but it plays a very important role psychologically for a lot of these people. And I, I admit that myself, that I, I when I write things, not necessarily the things that I end up publishing, but but a lot of the germs of ideas come out because, you know, I'm walking down the street and something scary happens to me and I have to process it somehow, so I'll write a scene about it, right? So mm-hmm. I think there's some there's a um there's a, a deep psychological component and maybe it's easier to do that with fan fiction than it is with your own original characters because because the stories are kind of already there, the characters are there the setting is there it's a lot less work to to world build right Mm -hmm. you can just kind of jump in and do that thing that you do which is you know just plot out a story that takes already existing elements and borrows them for your own purposes right Mm -hmm. yeah and i like i definitely uh agree with you and then like also i i mean i will say like also even like even if you think that is not true like mm-hmm. even if it is wish fulfillment 
who cares? Exactly. Exactly. It's not hurting you. And it's not, it's not something that affects you in any way. Right. That's, that's what bothers me when people are so dismissive of it because it's because it is so female dominated, it feels like it's a rejection of uh, something that's fundamentally feminine or something. And I just, as a feminist myself, I have a problem with that. Like, I just think people should just, you know, let it go (laughs) and and just you know it's not it's not hurting you so just ignore it right like Mm -hmm. but um, live and let live yes exactly exactly yeah uh, and like and i feel like guys totally do that too they totally do the wish fulfillment oh for sure i mean uh, aiden superheroes absolutely right and and uh yeah so and aiden aiden wrote fan fiction for many many years as well like he's one the first guy that i ever met who admitted to that but I'm sure there are more of them out there. Um, they just might call it something different. Like uh, I had a friend once who referred to a story he was writing as a spec script for a, a show. And I'm like, you're writing fanfic, buddy. Like, <laughs> just call it fan fiction. It's not a spec script. It's fan fiction, right? But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely, um, yeah, it, it's it's more widespread than I think even we know, so. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And um, I don't know, maybe this is like, y- you talked about like people sort of um, using it as a, a way to explore their sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I feel like that definitely was the case with me. Like, yeah. I, I mean, uh, as I said, I, w- I was young when I started reading it mm-hmm. and of course, what did I happen to stumble upon? <laughs> smut. Of course. Lots and lots of smut. Yeah. And I, uh, I think I sort of found out what, what I found interesting. Yeah. You know, like yeah. no, I mean, like I don't know if that if that stuff would actually transition to real life, but you know, um, it was enough to spark so. an interest, right? Like that, and that's something that was done in a safe context. It wasn't mm-hmm. you going out into the world and, you know, entering some kind of, you know, going to one-eyed jacks and figuring out like, hey, what do I like in the bedroom, right? It's like, yeah, no, I'm going to yeah. read this story and I'm going to do it in the safety of my own head, right? And and I think that's an important aspect that people kind of have overlooked in the past and it's getting more... more um, more attention now but it's it's uh, it's an important facet of fan fiction that uh, it definitely applies to me 100 percent. so it's of interest personally mm-hmm. to me but yeah 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 especially with smut i think because sex is so uh is something you're not supposed to really talk about even now like it's it's still kind of taboo so you know um in the privacy of my own home i can write or i can read smut and i can you know, it's it's like how when I was a kid and I used to steal my mom's romance novels, but I would only read the sex scenes. Like yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you did that too. Like just oh reading. <laughs> okay, so my my grandma, like okay, my first experience with like romance yeah. novels. Oh my god, it, it was it was really hilarious. Um, she, I don't know when she started reading them, or maybe she had always read them and I just never noticed, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I guess this was actually after I had discovered fan fiction, but I guess maybe I just hadn't found anything very explicit yet, which right. kind of surprises me. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, things are getting jumbled in my memory. I can't actually remember, but I know, like, 
I picked up one of these these romance novels, and I was like, what? So I I opened it, I started reading, and I was scandalized. Oh, yeah. And I, like, I couldn't put it down, but also, like, like, like I, I tried to put it down. Yeah. And I would just keep coming back to it yeah. until I think I had read practically the whole book. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like... I asked her about it and she was she had no shame she was just like those are the best ones <laughs> those are the best novels <laughs> oh I love your grandma that's awesome yeah and she like talked about this one story where the main character was supposed to be um an expert uh like a classical music expert okay and then she was like but the author talks about Beethoven's 10th if you're gonna have uh, your main character be a classical music expert, you should know that Beethoven only had a ninth. And <laughs> I, I thought that was really funny. That's um, funny. <laughs> yeah, so I want to be more like my grandma. Uh, um, that's cool. Yeah, just no shame, just like yeah. totally opening it. You know, that's, like, really, yeah. that's really interesting. See, so, I mean... And my experience with it, too, like, my mom never hid the fact that she was writing or reading these uh, romance novels. They were always out and about, like, you know, uh, and they, they were accessible. I knew exactly where she kept them in, in her closet and on the nightstand or in the kitchen. Like, um, so there was never any shame over that. So I still don't even know. And, and it sounds like your experience was similar, like, just no shame. So where did we get this internalized sense that what we were reading and writing was bad you know it's it's just kind of like and I think that's something that that's been saddled on fanfic for a long time and unjustly because there's really nothing wrong with it as long as you know the only the only issues that have come up are legal issues which um some authors like Anne Rice for example won't allow people to write uh fan fiction about her characters yeah. But um and there are a few out there who are like that, but for the most part it seems like people just kind of accept that it's out there and they don't really say much or or take legal action against it um which could be a sign that they're just dismissing it as as nothing or mm. um there's a, a I don't know. I think is JK Rowling is pretty okay with it, is she not? Yeah, I think uh, I I've read that she's actually like kind of encouraging yeah uh, which i think is really awesome and yeah. maybe that's why there are hundreds of thousands yes. of harry potter fan fiction yeah. out there yeah um yeah and okay what uh real quick like mm-hmm. i've heard that george rr R. martin does yeah. not like fan fiction that Interesting. much uh, okay but i and i know you don't watch game of thrones right but i think i think that's a real shame because like uh, I've read some extremely good Game of Thrones fan yeah. fiction. Like, really, really good. Yeah. Like, uh, like, one of my top three stories, I think, is... Uh, it's, a, it's a Game of Thrones story. Like, right. it's just so good. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of... Uh, I wish I wish more authors would be, like, J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't really know what most authors think about mm-hmm. fan fiction. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I think when they do talk about it, it's like um, the one of the other fandoms I belong to, or that I kind of am related with, is the um, the Sherlock, the BBC Sherlock oh, fanfic yeah. or, or fandom, and um, 
and Mark Gatiss and Stephen Moffat, who are the the showrunners there, are basically writing fan fiction themselves. They're yes, taking they are. they're taking the stories of uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and turning them into you know modern day stories. So they have no problem with people writing fan fiction about their characters, and and it's kind of accepted that that's okay. Um, it seems like the bigger issues are when it's like. Um, you know proprietary characters which i get like if you've if you've created something and you want to retain ownership over it or whatever like i i kind of understand that but at the same time like we mentioned at the top like this is not something that we're doing for monetary gain it's not like people are going to read my twin peaks fan fiction and think that it's actually twin peaks like it, they're not going to confuse it for the actual show right like it's not it's not going to take away anything from the actual series itself so right. you know not that i and i don't have any idea what david lynch or mark frost feel about um about fan fiction that's written about twin peaks but uh but that's it, it seems like those are the criticisms that are levied against it more often is just that it's um a legally gray area i guess which mm-hmm. you know yeah. yeah and i i definitely like i'm not a legal expert so i don't know like, yeah. i i feel like um it sh- i feel like it shouldn't be a problem uh, yeah i mean you you said it not making money um yeah. and it's i feel like it's just such a natural reaction Right. To have to stories. And if you didn't let people do that, I feel like it would be torture. <laughs> so, it kind of would. Yeah. Right. It, it's like, it would be so cruel. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Like, uh, <laughs> What mean, would we do with Audrey and Cooper if we couldn't express ourselves <laughs> in this way? Yeah. Like, I just think, I mean, even if I don't, even if I haven't finished any, like, fan fiction story things i i still imagine stories in my yeah. head i feel like everyone yeah does. exactly we're all putting and the pieces together whether we we actually sit down and write them out or draw them out or whatever we're all coming up with it anyway yeah right? and this stuff has been going on for hundreds of years people Absolutely. write stuff based on other pieces of work yes i was just going to bring that up that i yeah. i mean shakespeare was basically writing fan fiction when he was writing about julius caesar and about henry V. and these were real characters real people in real life that he was putting words into their mouth and and uh like it it's been happening throughout history like this is not there's nothing new um yeah. but it's uh it's only since and Star Trek. I don't know if you're a fan of Star Trek or not, but Star Trek is where it all started with the, you know, the uh, Spock and Kirk um, fan fiction in the '60s, like with the TV show and everything. And I think that's where all the negative stuff that we're that we're still dealing with all started because that was, you know, very feminine driven and and or female driven anyway and everything so it's it's a relatively recent phenomenon that people would be ashamed of writing and reading and participating in the creation of fan works but this is one of the reasons why i love the archive of our own because they have uh, a legal arm of their organization that is dedicated solely to battling these these Mm -hmm. legal battles for uh fans 
Um, yeah, that's really in, cool. Yeah, in order to keep them, like they just did a, a pretty high profile one recently with um, uh, a lawsuit or, or, or legal issues surrounding um, cosplay, which is another, uh, it's, it's falls under the category of a fan work, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and they defended it successfully to to you know reiterate the right of fans to dress up like their favorite characters. Like it, it's th- we're not just talking about fan fiction. We're talking about a whole category of interaction with fan or interaction with TV shows and books and movies that um, that is centered on fan created uh, enterprises. And that's what the organization for transformative works and their their legal arm is part. That that's what they do, and I really respect that because I think it's 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 not something that you know. There are other places where you can find fan fiction, but there's just no other organization that will take on those legal battles. And I think that's yeah. really cool. That is really cool. I yeah. didn't know that they did that. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons why I why I, I joined up with Ao3 and why I post exclusively on there now i've moved everything well most everything over from my fan fiction account to ao3 i just i want to support that aspect of it more than anything mm-hmm. yeah ao3 like it definitely like when i first encountered it i was like what is this mm-hmm. and then like it grew on me and now i definitely love it yeah. um yeah it's it's great yeah it's definitely yeah it's a good place and it's a good community and there's a lot of really um fantastic people i've met on there such as yourself so it's really uh-huh. <laughs> it's really cool that that this, these places exist for us now it's definitely different than when i was 12 and writing it in my you know spiral notebook and you know shoving yeah. it into my friend's lockers in between yeah. class breaks so yeah you know um what's weird is like Okay, fanfiction.net, that's, like, the big one, right? Right, yeah. I didn't even know about that one for the longest really? time. It's so weird. That uh, is funny. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, like, I just, since I read Harry Potter fanfiction, there were, like, all these Harry Potter fanfiction sites, I, I think. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I didn't really visit so many of them, but, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there are all these different sites out there, but, but AO3, definitely... Definitely the best I've come across. I yeah, think. absolutely. Or one of the best. I, th- or, I agree. Yeah, th- the best. I think it yeah. is the best. I do think yeah. it is the best, and it's the most free and and uh, and warm and welcoming and accepting community out there. And it's created by fans for fans. So that's another thing that I really love about it too is that it's it's uh, like minded people. It yeah. feels like I don't I don't know if you remember Live Journal or or participating in fan uh, fan fiction or anything on Live Journal. But that's where it kind of grew up out of, I, if I recall correctly, was the whole live journal community is yeah. what what brought about AO3. It's a fairly recent site, too. I don't think it existed. You know, it, it may only be four or five years old. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, fan I, fiction, I, mean, I don't know how old it is. Doesn't it still say it's in beta? Yeah. Am I wrong about Yes, that? no, it does still say it's in beta. Yeah, but... I've seen that for years. Yeah. Like, is it ever going to yeah. be in beta? Yeah, no oh. kidding. Um, yeah. yeah, whereas, yeah, like fanfiction.net, I think, is from 99 or something. So it's quite a bit older and yeah. quite a bit more established. But but they have their own way of doing things that I don't agree with necessarily in every case. But uh, yeah. um, they seem to be a little bit more uh, authoritarian about how things are done. 
and which is fine it's their site and they can do whatever they want but uh mm-hmm. but i'm gonna put my energies where i feel it's best where what i want is reflected back to me a little bit better so yep yep yeah yeah i was gonna say something else god okay well about fan fiction or about uh, ao3 or something about like okay you were talking about fan sites or something and like live um, journal and live journal yeah i i well this okay this is like really just kind of an aside but Mm -hmm. um i i i have read stuff on live journal yeah um but uh, I, I, I don't think I was old enough to, uh, to really. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I missed all, like all this stuff you've talked about, like right. the like that purge on fan fiction yes. stuff. I'm like, yeah. Well, I missed that. But yeah. Well, I and that that is second wave. Yes. That's and tough. it does feel like there were two very distinct, from what I can feel, because I was part of that first wave of fan fiction. Like I, I was starting in about 1997 96 97 when i started writing fan fiction and um and then discovering fanfiction.net in 2002 meant that i finally had a place to put it but um then there was that it felt like there was a after the purge that happened in 2003 and then there was another one later a couple years after that yeah because i i mean i i feel like i remember some of the stuff i liked being removed yeah did I say that sentence correctly? Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because wasn't there, didn't fanfiction.net get rid of all of their R-rated stories or something? Yeah, I think so. Or MA-rated stories? Yeah. And I think that happened more recently, but I'm not I'm not sure of the timeline on that. Whereas yeah. whereas you can get explicit stories all the way from, like, general to explicit on, on AO3, and it's more self-policing, I think, than than fanfiction.net is but um the one thing i will say is that i wish they allowed you to like search for more than one rating at a time yes i agree is like the only like i think the 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 credit the one criticism i have yeah of the other, like they're they're the way they allow you to search kind of drives yeah. me nuts i'm like no this yes. is not what i want to do yeah i want to look for this and this at the same time like yeah no i know exactly what you're, what you're getting at it has yeah. caused me no end to frustration but um i would also like to see a, a messaging function or a messaging feature it would be nice but i'm i'm fine with what we've got it's not a big deal most everything on that site is is pretty amazing so yeah i have no yeah. complaints yeah i'm I, yeah i'm just being a bit nitpicky yeah no <laughs> just a bit nitpicky just a little yeah, overall just a excellent. little but it's yeah. good yeah so um but yeah well we've talked for a long like two hours now over two hours about fan fiction which i think we could continue for another two hours but um <laughs> I did not anticipate talking this long no <laughs> neither did i but it ended up being a really great conversation we we moved from you know the specific to the general and and uh I, let's just bring it back to twin peaks right here at the end what is your favorite all-time well two questions your favorite all-time um or, or the first one or the most memorable Twin Peaks fan fiction that you read and what is your favorite shipper scene in Twin Peaks between Audrey and Cooper okay well then so my favorite you asked what my favorite piece was yes yeah. uh, well it's your trilogy so oh come on no 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 there's gotta be other ones uh, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding when I say not really um, for real yeah oh like, Alexis. Okay, like, <laughs> I, I haven't I, I guess I haven't explored 
Twin Peaks fan mm. fiction so much recently. I was mostly focused on your story. Right. Um, but like when I when I explored it on um, on uh, fanfiction.net, like mm-hmm. I was just like really unimpressed by yeah. um, by uh, pretty much everything on yeah. there. I think there was like one other story that I was interested in, but mm-hmm. like the person just like I think they had stopped updating or something. Oh, okay. Which is you know all too common. Yeah. All too common. Um, the bane of every fanfic reader's existence is this the yeah. unupdated story. <laughs> Yes, oh my god. I have learned to become a very patient person. Yes, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, like, okay, like, your story waiting, like, a year for you to update, I was like, yeah, totally, I can do that. <laughs> like, I will wait. I felt uh, so bad about that. You guys were I, so patient with me. Yeah, well, I had no clue what was going on. Yeah. I was just like, well, I shall, I'll, I'll just wait here. And then uh. you, like, updated, and I, like, totally didn't even, like, I didn't expect it. And yeah. I was like, oh my god! yeah so excited um anyway so no but yeah my my favorite is your story and um well that is really nice to hear alexis thank you so much yeah like that 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 was not a hard decision (laughs) at all uh it's it's your story and um god like god what's which scene from it god I mean, I could just go with the first time they they have sex. I mean, I love that scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I think I'll just go with that. It's yeah, probably unoriginal of me to say, but whatever. I'm going it's, with it. That's fine. I have no problem. With I liked writing that scene. That was that was a a fun sex. one. But uh, yeah, I feel like it just like it 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 made my like you know there were like butterflies in my stomach yeah. while I was reading it and I was like oh my gosh okay I sound so silly right now no <laughs> this is really but this I is thought, really cool to hear yeah like it was I just felt like it was um it was very sweet and also very um I, I want to say in character um I guess I'll go with that like yeah. it just seemed like this is how it would happen right and um yeah, you're talking about the scene in in of death and moonbeams right where it's just after leland has has died yes that's yeah 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 yeah, yeah that was the uh, that was a scene that i i separated out and i i made it like a uh like a one shot and i posted that story first and then posted the rest of the story around it later but and i changed a few things when i moved like to make it the one shot but it it's still I, I mean the the general gist of it is still there if you read the longer piece but mm-hmm. but yeah um that was a fun that was more that was literally just like I just wanted to write this to see it play out <laughs> and that was literally it so but uh, uh yeah yeah I, I found it very satisfying mm-hmm. okay that might sound weird no uh, <laughs> I think I know what you mean <laughs> yeah from a shipper point of view, like it's just the the coming together of these two great characters that you wanted to see, yeah. Yeah, like oh gosh, oh it was so good, it was so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, what about you? What's your favorite and and your favorite scene? Um, I think well, the very 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 first fanfic that I ever read, Twin Peaks fanfic, was a story called. Um, uh, Blue Velvet to Moon River, which um, by and the author's name escapes me. But if you look up Blue Velvet to Moon River, um, it's uh, it was written for the Yuletide Fic Exchange on Ao3, 
several years ago and um and it's just a really uh beautiful like one shot scene of of audrey and cooper together um the night of uh when she shows up in in his bed um and i just think it's a really it was just a really like it's beautifully written and there's not a lot of dialogue and it's it's kind of got this dream like it it feels like it belongs in twin peaks like in in the universe because it has that kind of dreamy quality to it which is really <laughs> spectacular um but because it's a one shot it's like that's that's the whole scene so i if i were to pick a favorite scene that would be the scene it's just that whole thing but there's uh there's a beautiful line because I think in the story, if you remember in the show, um, the the or there's a group of uh, a large contingent of insane men staying on Cooper's floor who who <laughs> sing their Icelandic uh, their Norse drinking songs all night long and keep him awake, right? And uh, and in the story, Cooper recounts how um, that they. The, the last line of this story is so beautiful to me. It's like talking about how the heroes of Iceland fell asleep in their cups or something like that, which is mirrored in, in Cooper and Audrey falling asleep in each other's arms and finally finding the rest that they needed. And, and I just thought it was such a beautiful moment. Like, I really... It's definitely worth looking for and reading because it's, it's, it's tremendous. So yeah. that's my favorite story for sure. But there are a lot out there. Like I, I have, I have so many bookmarked and favorited throughout, both on fanfiction.net and uh, and Ao3 and uh, yeah, I'll read anything. I will literally read anything. I'm so desperate for more, <laughs> more stuff. I will read hundred word travels and I will read ten thousand word, twenty thousand word, hundred thousand word stories. I will read anything. I just love. I love this world and I love seeing what other people do with these characters. So Yeah. I guess yeah. that's what happens when the fandom is so small. Yes. You just you just you'll take anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Yeah. Well, Alexis, this has been great. Thank you so much for for talking with me and and having this great conversation about fan fiction and about Twin Peaks and and everything. I I really love having you on the podcast. It's been great. And thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, we hope you'll join us again next time. Woohoo! Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>